G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. When Job went through his experience of intense suffering, he had many questions and longed for an audience with God. One of the questions he wanted to ask him was, Do you know what it's like being a man? This is what he said, Do you have eyes of flesh, or do you see as a man sees? Are your days like the days of a mortal man? Are your years like the days of a mighty man? Without realizing it, Job was speaking on behalf of all of us. There's a terrible gulf between God and us that needs to be bridged if we are to feel confident that God really understands us. It's not enough for us to know that God knows about our suffering. He must feel it. Amazingly, this need has been met through Jesus Christ. The Son of God became the Son of Man, and He lived as we lived, suffered as we suffer, and felt as we feel. And now He's seated at God's right hand as the God-Man. The writer to the Hebrews says, In all things He had to be made like His brethren, that He might be a merciful and faithful High Priest. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. Thanks for joining us. It's Phil here, along with author and teacher Ken Legg. And this week we're looking at when bad things happen to God's people. It's a tough subject. And yesterday we saw how on top of all the suffering that Job went through, losing his family and his health, all his possessions, he then had to endure the gruelling experience of being bullied and condemned by his three best mates. Pretty tough, isn't it, Ken? Yeah, we well, went three rounds with them, but I would have said it's worse than going 15 rounds with Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah, <it was> <laughs> they, were, they were devastating, weren't they? And an interesting development came out of this film. Job had been pushed into a corner by his friends. Their contention with him was that only the wicked suffer. Remember that? Mm. So Job replied, well, if that's the case, then God has wronged him because he's innocent, yet he's suffering. Therefore, God is unjust. So in wanting to vindicate himself and proclaim his innocence, he actually accused God of being unjust. He turned against God and judged him. Now, prior to his suffering, somebody said he believed in God and he believed in justice and felt they went hand in hand. Now he believes in justice and he believes in God, but not together. And looking at what he went through, I guess it's not too hard to understand why he felt that way. Yeah, well, we've said a few times this week already that, you know, the testimony of God and the Scriptures is that he was a righteous man. But let's just break that down a little bit. In the book, we read these things about him. He he was respected by all men. He dedicated his life to helping the poor and helpless. He was righteous in private. He made a covenant with his eyes not to look upon a young woman lustfully. He determined not to lie. He had never yielded to the temptation of adultery. He had always treated his servants well. Uh, he had fed and clothed the poor and needy. He never let his wealth draw his heart away from God. He was never glad when his enemies suffered. And he was honest in his business dealings. These are some mm. of the things that the book says about him. So, of course, he would ask, well, then why am I suffering? He was faithful to God, but was God really being unfaithful to him? So why, why all this suffering? So his suffering actually led him to probe the very foundations of, of his faith and question what he really believed about God. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it, that uh, his wife tried to get him to turn against God too. 
and she failed. So Satan then uses his friends and their doctrine to do the job instead. And uh, now we see him beginning to doubt God's integrity. Yeah, not surprisingly, after three rounds of discourse with these friends, so-called friends, Job doesn't want to talk with them anymore. You know, he says, I've said all I, I can say to you guys, you're not getting it. I don't want to talk to you anymore. He only wants to talk with God. But the problem is that God is silent. And so as his pain increases, so does his frustration. Mm. He's basically got two questions. Number one, what are God's charges against him? What sins is he suffering for? And then the second question is, why has God been so silent? He's been talking to God, asking him why, 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 but no response from God. So from the book of Job, Phil, we can see that this silence is not the result of personal sin. Uh, we may go through times like this ourselves, yeah. and we might think, oh, God's you know, disappointed with me or angry with me or he's, he's, he's gone off and left me, you know, abandoned me. But remember this, even Jesus on the cross experienced that silence of God. I guess the longer God remains silent, the more risk there is that uh, Job's going to become bitter. Yeah, and we could say that Job did not suffer because he sinned, but he sinned because he suffered. Uh, after initially weathering the storms of suffering, he, he wavered at this particular attack from his friends. Maybe God wasn't the kind of God he thought he was. Maybe he isn't fair. Perhaps God is punishing me. You know, he's given mm-hmm. me the silent treatment. Uh, God hasn't got my best interests at heart. God doesn't answer press. The, these were the kind of things that he was wrestling with. Now, remember, Satan's original goal was to get us to believe that God is not being good to us. But that raises an important question, Phil. What is good? A problem arises, I think, between us and God when we disagree with him over what is good. Mm. Um, anything that's not pleasant or brings pain, we say, that's not good. But a question we don't want to really probe is, is it possible that our good could really be bad and that God's bad could actually be good? And you're, getting, now, you're getting deep now. Yeah, it's getting deep, isn't it? So if that's so, then what we consider good may be taken away from us. But God is still good. Mm. His good is far greater than the good we had in those things that were taken from us. It's not our circumstances that cause us to fall out with God, but really it's our misbeliefs about him at the time of our suffering. And yet we usually believe, I would be happy if my circumstances were different. So what we're saying is, he doesn't really know what makes me happy. Mm. Yeah, we often measure what's good by the things that we are so familiar with, the, the temporal world that we live in. And Job was wrestling with these very deep and searching thoughts. And uh, he hasn't got anybody to turn to. I mean, his wife's not there. Uh, to give any help. His friends aren't there to give any help. They've all been enemies to him, really. Yeah. But it's at that point, Phil, that another person enters into dialogue with Job, this young man by the name of Elihu. Now, out of respect, he's been sitting there waiting for the older guys to finish saying what they're saying, but all the time he's getting angry with his friends because they forced Job into this position of blaming God. And he says, look, Job, I'll represent you. I'll get involved here and I'll represent you and God. I'll be a mediator between the two of you. And I promise to represent you both fairly. So we can ask, well, what was different then about his counsel? For one thing, his friends thought that Job's suffering was what we call punitive. That is, he's being punished for mm. something he's done wrong. But Elihu says, no, look, there's another way of looking at it. It could be educational. It could be corrective. So he appeals to Job to submit to it, not for uh, it being punishment for a specific sin, but rather for the purpose of education. Yeah. Now, while the free friends appealed to Job to own up to wrongdoing in his past, Elihu says, no, repent rather of a wrong attitude in the present. Knowing the reasons for suffering won't help us if our attitude is hardened. So Elihu says, 
that sometimes affliction comes as spiritual training and, and discipline. Um, you know, he's referring to good and righteous people when he says that who are in the process of being sanctified. So when we look at Elihu, we see there's a definite modification uh, regarding his counsel from that of the free friends. Uh, even good people may need the experience of suffering in order for them to hear God's voice. Mm. So Job wasn't wrong in asking the questions that he did, though, was he? Not at all. In fact, I would say this, Phil, it's a healthy thing if we express our thoughts, even if they are doubts towards God, rather than suppress them and, and sort of go into this denial thing that we can go into. You know, we, we sometimes think, well, what would God say if, if I asked him, you know, the big questions? You think that, you know, I was ungrateful or, or I didn't trust him or something mm. like that. Um, in fact, I once heard one preacher say, have you seen what happens to people who are angry with God? I thought about that. And I thought, yeah, um, Jonah, <laughs> he was angry with God. He was okay. You know, he had some big questions. Elijah, you remember Elijah? He had some, yes. you know, he was really uh, cheesed off and, and, yeah. and, you know, thought he had a right. David asked some big questions as well. David did. And uh, the psalmist in Psalm 73 said, my feet had almost slipped. I was really stumbling over this. You know, the righteous are suffering, the wicked are prospering. What is going on? Mm. But he asked the questions. And, and, and the fact is that God revealed himself in a greater way to every one of those. And, and that actually, Phil, is about what is going to happen to Job. You know, like we've worked our way through this book very quickly, I might say, this week. But when we come to the program tomorrow, we see that God finally appears to Job and gives him some answers. Not all the answers that he wants but certainly some answers that really put his mind at ease and uh, just make sense of all that's been going on. Some good insight today on what to do when bad things happen to God's people. We'll continue our conversation tomorrow. And in the meantime, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book Grace Roots, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.